time for re-engineering your finances with the founder of CP Weldy Group, Charles Weldy. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another edition of Re-Engineering Your Finances. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Charles Weldy, the founder of CP Weldy Group, serving you in Delaware and the Chester County areas as well, with an office in Chadsford, Pennsylvania on Route 52. You can find us online by going to cpweldygroup.com and listen to past episodes of the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe using your favorite app and all that good stuff as well. Charles, thanks for taking some time out to join us once again. How you been, sir? I'm doing well, Walter. Thank you so much. Good to hear your voice again. Yeah, good chatting with you as well. And we've got a fun podcast today because it's the beginning of a two-part series here on the show. So we're going to tackle the five most common pain points that might be in your financial life. I think, Charles, when it comes to financial planning, everybody has some kind of pain point. And those things may be different for each person, but everybody's got something that bothers them, right? Oh, absolutely. So we've always got to keep that in mind of what bothers us, how can we find solutions and fixes to those things so that we're better prepared going forward. So as we go through each of these pain points, Charles, we'll attack a few of them on today's podcast, and then we'll continue the list in part two next time around. I want you to tell us about the times that you've helped somebody deal with these kinds of things and kind of what goes on in your mind as you help people navigate these situations. Now, the first one is one that we probably have all heard about being a major fear of folks when it comes to planning for retirement. We've all heard that stat that people fear running out of money before they die more than dying itself. How do you help people tack that number one most common pain point of extreme worry about running out of money before we pass away? Well, that's a, you know, probably the most prevalent fear that people have regardless of how much money they have. Will I run out of air before I run out of money? So for the most part, I think of a case that I worked on recently, maybe about two years ago. It was a woman in her 80s, and she lived in one of these retirement communities, continuing care retirement. And ironically, she was one of the first ones to actually move there maybe like 12, 15 years ago. And she came to me with her son, and she was actually thinking of leaving the retirement community, getting her down payment back, getting an apartment, because she was afraid that she was going to run out of money. And uh, I looked at her and I smiled and I said, I'll call her Mary. I said, Mary, if you were my mother, I would never let you leave that retirement community. You were one of the first ones to move there. And part of the agreement is if you do run out of money, they'll subsidize your lifestyle until you pass away. So to make a long story short, what we did is we looked at her remaining assets. And you know, quite frankly, they were about $300,000, $400,000. And what we did is we segregated that money into two buckets. One bucket was money that she would need for the next five years. And she would spend that down, principal, interest, whatever. And then the second bucket was money that began in year six and would last her for the remainder of her life. So it probably was one of the most challenging financial plans that I've ever done, taking a limited amount of resources and stretching it out for someone's life expectancy. And when we were done, I have to admit, I felt like that was probably one of the greatest cases I worked on, even though there wasn't a lot of revenue from a practice point of view, there was a tremendous amount of satisfaction knowing that you help someone alleviate their fear of running out of money in retirement. 
always helpful when we can alleviate these fears that we're going to talk about on today's show. And that certainly is a really big one, extreme worry about running out of money before we pass away. And why is it that so few people have a plan in place to deal with something like that, Charles? I mean, if it's the number one fear, you'd think we'd have a better plan in place. But so many of us, I'm sure, come into your office with, you know, kind of shrugged shoulders. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to eliminate this fear. Yeah, well, one of my pet peeves, Walter, is that most people have investments, but very few people have a date-specific, dollar-specific written financial plan. And if they had that, in most cases, it would completely eliminate their fear or at least address you know, some strategies that they could take to actually minimize that fear. Yeah, so that's part of what we're talking about here on the podcast each and every time. Some of these strategies will work together to eliminate these fears, and sometimes it'll eliminate more than one fear. That's the best part of it. So let's go on to pain point number two that might be in your financial life that Charles can help you overcome, and that would be, Charles, when people have angst about taxes. Now, as we're recording today's episode, it's right in the middle of kind of the the last throes of tax time. So for anybody who, by the time we post this episode. Maybe most folks have finished their taxes for this year, but boy, this time of year always carries around angst about taxes in the short term. But this is also a big point about long-term impact of taxes as we think about retirement too. Yeah. Well, another one of my major pet peeves, I guess, you know, for one of a better expression. It, is sound, that, it sounds like everybody's pain points equal your pet peeves. So that's a good thing, right? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, in the past as a professional, we used to try to get people's tax liability down as low as possible. And the thing that really irritated me was most people would come in for tax preparation, but very few people would be open to tax planning. And today, you know, if you look at the tax rates, they are so low, they're historically low. I believe they'll never be any lower than they are today. And in 2026, the current tax rates are supposed to revert to the older tax rates, which are higher, at least three to 5% higher. So my concern about taxes is that most people just don't understand the basics. And without getting too technical, there's two types of tax. There's a marginal tax and there's an effective tax. And the distinction is very important. Most people that we meet are in the marginal tax rate of say 22 to 24%. And what that means, Walter, is that the last dollar on their tax return, line 10, got taxed at 22 or 24%. That's the marginal rate, the last dollar on your return. What rate did it get taxed at? However, more important than the marginal rate is your effective tax rate. And your effective tax rate is the total taxes that you paid as a numerator and your taxable income as a denominator. And basically, that is a much lower tax than your marginal tax rate solely because it's made up of other tax rates, 10%, 12%, 22%, 24%. Maybe the marginal tax rate on that is less than 19%. So as an advisor, when I see people that because of their social security, maybe they have a pension, maybe they have some additional income on their return, I can tell, will they ever be in a lower tax bracket than say 22%? And generally speaking, the answer is no, this is the lowest tax bracket they'll ever be in. So as a planner, what I strive to do is educate them on perhaps putting more income on the return so that in the future, when tax rates go up, they'll have tax-free income, 
which is probably one of the greatest inventions. They call it, what do they call it? The seven wonders of the world. Well, this might be the eighth wonder of the world, tax-free lifetime income. So, you know, just to summarize, I believe that most people just look at their taxes two or three months a year when they're getting their tax return prepped, but they really should be looking at it, you know, the remaining eight or nine months because some tax planning could save them hundreds and thousands of dollars, literally, just by taking advantage of their current marginal tax rate. That big difference between tax filing and tax planning, a key concept to kind of understand if you're approaching retirement to make sure that you're doing, you always have to do the, the former, but you definitely want to do the latter as well to make sure that you're in good shape, not only this year, but looking at the full picture years and years in advance. And is tax planning, I think maybe one kind of, as a little side thought here, Charles, tax planning to me is something that some people think that they don't have enough money for. You know, only the super rich really can take advantage of the tax code. But folks couldn't be more incorrect on that, right? There's plenty of opportunity for the everyday, you know, solid saver and planner for retirement to take advantage of tax rules. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I recently read a book called The Power of Zero. And The Power of Zero basically said that 15% of the people pay most of the taxes, 85% don't. But the reality of it is, as the baby boomers are reaching retirement age, they're going to be forced, whether they need to or not, to take money out of their retirement plans. And it starts at roughly 4% of their account balance once they reach age 70 and a half. And the problem is that with you know rising Medicare costs, Social Security being underfunded, the government's looking to you know perhaps look for uh, some stopgap measure to uh, fund these programs and where are they going to get it? They're going to get it from the people that have these retirement accounts that have not yet been taxed. So I think regardless of you know whether you're in the 12% bracket, 22% bracket, 24% bracket, tax planning is extremely important for everyone. And even now, as we speak, depending upon the income that you have in your tax return, your Medicare premiums could be higher because the government thinks that you're wealthy. Well, I rather the government think I'm wealthy for five to seven years as I move that money from tax deferred to tax free than thinking that I'm wealthy for the rest of my life as I procrastinate and don't move any money out under currently low tax rates. Great points, Charles. So again, recapping so far are two most common pain points that might be in your financial life. That extreme worry of running out of money before we die, or I like how Charles put it, nice and simple, running out of money before we run out of air. Number two, angst about taxes. We all can probably identify with that one. If we really think about, you know, if you got a million dollars in your 401k, is it really a million dollars? No, it's not. Uncle Sam's going to have a cut of that. And so we've got to remember when we're planning that there's going to be tax complications that we've got to plan around. Number three, Charles, is one that people often don't really like talking about, and that's the paralyzing fear of ending up in a nursing home. And this one can be just really tough because of the fact that people don't like talking about it, but also difficult because it can be expensive to put together a plan for that eventuality. And that drives a lot of people to kind of, I guess, stick their heads in the sand. Absolutely. So I used to think, Walter, that if people had a lot of money, and maybe I'll define a lot of money as like, say, a million and a half dollars, that perhaps they could self-fund their long-term care. But looking at today's prices here in Pennsylvania, to be in a nursing home facility, whether it's uh, assistant living or a full-fledged nursing home, you're talking around $8,000 a month. So $8,000 a month times 12 months is almost $100,000 a year. 
Well, that's in today's prices. And most people realize that inflation, you know, treadline inflation is 3%. But medical inflation is twice that amount, almost 7%, which means that in 10 years or 12 years from now, you know, that $8,000 a month is going to be $16,000 a month. And I don't care how much money people have. When you multiply $15,000, $16,000 a month times 12 months for one person, it's inevitable that long-term care, in my humble opinion, is the leak in the dike. And there's various ways that you can actually purchase long-term care. And I have a confession to make. I have long-term care. My wife has long-term care. We got it 11 years ago. But over those 11 years, and I'm in my early 60s, our premiums have gone up 110%. So what we were paying 11 years ago is 110% higher than when it was when we first got our policies. Well, we're in our early 60s. What's going to happen when we're in our early 80s? What's the cost going to be then? So as a planner, I'm not gung-ho on presenting or proposing that people go out and buy these traditional long-term care plans solely because they can be somewhat expensive in the long term. And if truth be told, many companies now that are in the business are getting out of the business because they really cannot quantify their long-term future health care obligation. So that's one way to go about it is, you know, get a traditional policy, which as a planner, I think, you know, if you have one, we can make it work. But if you don't have one, you probably want to look in other areas. Good points, Charles. So again, to recap for today's episode, we'll stop there. The first three common pain points to be thinking about when it comes to your financial life, worrying about money before you run out of air, angst about taxes, and that fear of ending up in a nursing home that often paralyzes people to the point of inaction on the topic. And Charles, if somebody identifies with one of those three fears, with one of those three pain points that might be bothering them when it comes to their financial plan, what can they do to try and resolve that? What steps should they take? Well, I think the first step is to, you know, go to a planner and get a plan done. And the plan should address not just like your rate of return, your tax situation, your long-term care need. It should be a holistic plan, which everything is like, you know, addressed from A to Z. You know, again, I said earlier in the podcast, everyone has investments, but very few people have a date and dollar specific plan. And for, you know, a fair fee, a good planner will charge you to get a plan done, and then you can decide whether to implement or not implement those strategies. Well, if you'd like to talk with Charles Weldy about your financial plan, your retirement future, how you can better prepare for some of these things and counter those pain points, those things that might be bothering you in your financial life, whether it be long-term care coverage, taxes, making sure your money lasts as long as you do, just some of the items we talked about on today's show. You can get in touch with Charles a couple of different ways if you've got questions about this. 610-388-7705 is the number to call. That's 610-388-7705. Or go online to cpweldygroup.com. That's cpweldygroup.com. You can find out more information about Charles and the team and also subscribe to the podcast and check out past episodes there as well all on cpweldygroup.com your place to go we'll continue this two-part series on the common pain points that might be in your financial life coming up on the next episode we'll tackle numbers four and five so be sure to join us again right back here on re-engineering your finances for Charles I'm Walter we'll talk to you next time thank you Walter
Financial planning and advisory services are offered through Prosperity Capital Advisors, PCA, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Registration as an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The CP Weldy Group and PCA are separate non-affiliated entities. PCA does not provide tax or legal advice.